The more that you read, the more things you will know. The more that you learn, the more places you'll go. Dr. Seuss. There are thousands upon thousands of amazing, helpful books out there. My goal is to read them and share how we can implement the wisdom to improve our lives, the lives of the animals, and even help save the world. Welcome to Zoo Notable, taking wisdom from self-improvement, conservation, and animal-related books, and using them to help us become the best versions of ourselves. Whether you are an animal care professional or just a lover of nature and life, Zoo Notables helps you grow and level up your life. I was once fond of saying sleep is the third pillar of good health alongside diet and exercise. I have changed my tune. Sleep is more than a pillar. It is the foundation on which the other two health bastions sit. Take away the bedrock of sleep or weaken it just a little and careful eating or physical exercise become less than effective, as we shall see. Welcome back to Zoo Notable. We are enriching our minds as much as we strengthen our bodies and fuel our lives. And what better way to improve our lives and our minds than with a good night's sleep? So today we're going to be discussing the fascinating and incredibly eye-opening and mind-blowing book, Why We Sleep, by Matthew Walker. Matthew Walker is a neuropsychologist and professor at University of California, Berkeley. His focus on how sleep is the key to health, energy, and vitality has led to countless research projects, TED Talks, and a new appreciation for an activity we spend nearly a third of our life doing. If you are struggling with productivity, energy, borderline depression, and other health challenges, reading this book may help you uncover some potential solutions, change your life, and give you the energy and motivation to change the world. And there are so many helpful big ideas from this book, so let's get comfy as we dive on in. Our first big idea is sleep is universal. Quote, addressing the question of why we sleep from an evolutionary perspective only compounds the mystery. No matter what vantage point you take, sleep would appear to be the most foolish or at least a biological phenomena. When you are asleep, you cannot gather food, you cannot socialize, you cannot find a mate and reproduce, you can't nurture yourself or protect your offspring. Worse still, sleep leaves you vulnerable to predation. Sleep is surely one of the most puzzling of all animal behavior. And yet, all animals sleep. Without exception, every animal species studied to date sleeps or engages something remarkably like it. Insects, arachnids, fish, amphibians, and reptiles, birds, and mammals. Sleep is universal. So I just, I never thought about it until I read this book, but it is remarkable how different species evolved to perfectly thrive in their environment. But the one thing that has never been pushed out, meaning it has been deemed a true benefit for survival, is sleep. So Matthew Walker explains further, using actually one of my favorite species as an example, dolphins. Cetaceans have adapted to their aquatic life completely, so much so that in order to keep them from accidentally breathing in water, they are what we call conscious breathers. Now this means that they have to be awake in order to breathe. But even they must sleep. So how do they do it? How do dolphins and whales consciously breathe 
while sleeping. Instead of pushing sleep out of their unique existence, Mother Nature adapted them further to become unihemispheric sleepers, meaning that they sleep with only one half of their brain at a time. I've always been fascinated with this unique adaptation of dolphins and whales, but I never connected this to the power and necessity of sleep. It shows that sleep must serve an absolute vital function because, as Matthew Walker puts it, surely Mother Nature could have found a way to avoid sleep entirely under the extreme pressures of conscious breathing and not swallowing a bunch of saltwater for aquatic mammals. Would that not have been easier than masterminding a convoluted split-shift system between brain halves for sleep while still allowing for a joint operating system where both sides unite when awake? But no, sleep is such a necessity that no matter what the evolutionary demands on, of an organism, Mother Nature had no choice. Sleep with both sides of the brain or sleep with just one side and then switch. Both are possible, but sleep you must. Sleep is non-negotiable. Now this is just a powerful idea, something that we're going to carry through for each of these other big ideas. If we are thinking of ways to quote-unquote outsmart sleep, we are deluding ourselves. Because if there was a way or a good reason to skip out on sleep, evolution would have provided it for us by now. Now, when I worked with dolphins, they provided a long list of life lessons for me personally, but now I think I can, they can provide a powerful life lesson for all of us. Sleep is important. So important that animals figured out a way to stay alive in the water while still getting much needed shut-eye. And big idea number two is sleep deprivation is as dangerous as drunk driving. Quote, we can recount the Exxon Valdez oil tanker that ran aground in the Bly Reef in Alaska on March 24, 1989, breaching its hull. An estimated 10 million to 40 million gallons of crude oil spilled across a 1,300-mile range of the surrounding shoreline. Left dead were more than 500,000 seabirds, 5,000 otters, 300 seals, over 200 bald eagles, and 20 orca whales. The coastal ecosystem has never recovered. Now, early reports suggested the captain was inebriated while navigating the vessel. Later, however, it was revealed that the sober captain had turned over command to his third mate on deck, who had only slept six out of the previous 48 hours, causing him to make the cataclysmic navigational error. Now, this story hit me in the feels back when I first heard about it. Reading about it now, I am feeling even more devastated. And it shows just how dangerous sleep deprivation truly is. The ramifications can impact the environment just as much as our lives. These incidents are 100% preventable. And it goes even further, hitting closer to home than just our dependency on oil and non-renewable resources. These are incidents that really make us think, how can we do better? As Matthew Walker puts it, I would like to argue that there are no accidents caused by fatigue, microsleeps, or falling asleep. They are crashes. The Oxford Dictionary defines accidents as unexpected events that happen by chance or without apparent cause. Drowsy driving are neither chance nor without cause. They are predictable and the direct result of not obtaining sufficient sleep. 
As such, they are unnecessary and preventable. Shamefully, governments of most developed countries spend less than 1% of their budget educating the public of the dangers of drowsy driving relative to what they invest in combating drunk driving. The statistics surrounding drowsy driving compared to drunk driving are just astounding. And it really made me think twice about how we often commend our coworkers for quote-unquote sucking it up even when they didn't sleep the night before. Studies show that going without sleep for 24 hours increases your risk for what are called microsleeps by 400%. These microsleeps can be deadly on the road and more dangerous than even drunk driving. And this is not to trivialize dri- driving under the influence, but to show how serious sleep deprivation can be. When someone drives drunk, their reaction time is slowed or delayed. However, when someone experiences a microsleep, that is a half a second or longer of falling asleep, their reaction time is non-existent. They don't break at all or make any attempt to swerve. Accidents caused by drowsy driving exceed ones caused by drinking and drugs combined. What makes even more disturbing are the studies with restricted sleep as opposed to sleep deprivation. Participants who receive only four hours of sleep a night for six nights performed as poorly on attention and focus tests as those who hadn't slept for 24 hours straight. By day 11, these participants function degraded even further, showing that the effects from sleep deprivation don't peter out. It just keeps getting worse. And what's most troubling is the participants who slept for six hours a night because six hours of sleep may actually sound like a normal night of sleep to you. But in as little as 10 days on a six-hour sleep diet, performance and function is as impaired as going to without sleep for 24 hours straight. Now, the idea that sleep-deprived individual is functioning at the same level as a legally intoxicated person really surprised me. No matter what our job may be, how would we react if a coworker came into work intoxicated? Would we be appalled? Would that be grounds for termination? So with the evidence that sleep deprivation is just just as detrimental, why do we not value our sleep the same way we value sobriety in the workplace? When I was a zookeeper, I wouldn't dream of handling dangerous animals while intoxicated, but I did come to work repeatedly after not sleeping well the night before, shifting polar bears, scuba diving, and interacting with large and potentially dangerous animals. I got lucky, but in a field where that they can be deadly, luck, lucky doesn't cut it. If you work with animals or in a caring profession where you need to be on top of your game, sleep should be our top priority for our health and also for the well-being of our animals. And this does lead us to big idea number three. We don't even realize how sleep-deprived we are. Quote, This silent sleep loss epidemic is the greatest public health challenge we face in the 21st century in developed nations. If we wish to avoid the suffocating noose of sleep neglect, the premature deaths it inflicts, and the sickening health it invites, a radical shift in our personal, cultural, professional, and societal appreciation of sleep must occur. So more often than not, Matthew Walker is approached by at least two or three students, participants, or attendees at his talks that claim that they get by fine with less than the normal seven to nine hours of sleep a night. 
But the likelihood that you or your friend or your coworker are one of those ridiculously rare people that can actually get by naturally with less than seven hours of sleep is about one in 12,000. You are more likely to get struck by lightning than to be someone who can function well with only a little sleep. So Matthew Walker shares some questions to ask yourself or maybe perhaps your colleagues to see if you might be one of those actual rare types. One, if you did not set an alarm clock, would you sleep past that time? Two, do you find yourself at your computer screen reading and then rereading and then even perhaps rereading one more time the same sentence? This is a sign of a fatigued, underslept brain. And number three, do you sometimes wonder how you got so far ahead on the road or you can't recall the last three traffic lights? The simple distraction is sometimes the cause, but lack of sleep is very much another culprit that zaps our attention. If you answered yes to any of these questions, you are likely not a person functioning at their highest potential with only a little sleep. The problem is we don't even realize how sleep deprived we really are. Most people feel that they are exerting a great deal of effort and don't see that they are being less productive, less effective, and not applying as much effort when they haven't slept well. Participants in studies show that they seem completely unaware of their poor performance. Still others claim that they can't sleep because they have so much work to do. Now, once again, as an ex-zookeeper, I know the struggles and the challenges animal care professionals face in caring for multiple animals. Animals get sick, they have babies, they won't shift, and other special circumstances occur all the time. But the irony is that when you don't get enough sleep, you work less productively and thus need to spend more time to finish your work. And this means that you work longer, get home later, and then need to get up earlier and continue the negative sleep-deprived, less productive cycle. Now, will going to bed early one night make you magically more effective? No. It takes time for your body to catch up from the forced adjustment and surviving on the minimum sleep. But as you continue to provide a good quality night's sleep, your body begins to move from surviving to thriving, and you will begin to see and feel the benefits of sleeping well. Before we continue with our Zoo Notable, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsors. I couldn't do these Notables without them. So we'll be right back after these messages. ZooFit is a self-funded program helping others achieve success through positive training methods. But we can't do it alone. I need you, yes, you listening to us right now to help spread the word and spread the joy of positive fitness for your body, mind, and soul. Joining Patreon is an easy and affordable way to connect with me on ZooFit, support my current and future projects, and let ZooFit shine as we change people's lives so we can change the world. Join other hummingbirds like Stephanie, Liz, and Sarah, or even join Rochelle for the ZooFit tribe to earn more wisdom and bonus materials, including sneak peeks at my new books. The link for Patreon is in the description down below. Thank you for your support. Now let's get back to our Zoo Notable. 
and we begin to see and feel the benefits of sleeping well, but what are those benefits? Well, that is big idea number four. Sleep is the foundation upon which other health fundamentals stand. Quote, amazing breakthrough. Scientists have discovered a revolutionary new treatment that makes you live longer. It enhances your memory and makes you more creative. It makes you look more attractive. It keeps you slim and lowers food cravings. It protects you from cancer and dementia, wards off colds and the flu, and it lowers your risk of heart attacks and stroke, not to mention diabetes. You'll feel happier, less depressed, and less anxious. Are you interested? And what is it about sleep that makes it so helpful, so powerful and, nece and necessary that evolution will not let humans or any other animals slip out of its ad adaptations? Well, this fictitious advertisement gives you an idea. While it's not a real ad, nothing it boasts is untrue. Sleep helps us learn faster, think more creatively, and heal emotional and psychological wounds. It is a powerhouse for our immune system, warding off all manner of illness. And yes, with proper sleep, we have stronger willpower and make better decisions to help with our weight, our fitness, and our health goals. In studies as early as 1924, sleep has shown to help us with our memory, learning, and thinking. In study after study, participants trying to learn, remember, or problem solve and sleep between sessions outperform those who stay awake. Now, these aren't sleep deprivation studies either. The time difference is either over the course of a normal day, that's the staying awake participants, or letting participants get a seven to nine hours of sleep overnight. Sleep helps us actually cement newly learned information, preventing it from fading away. In one study done by Matthew Walker, sleepers improved their performance and accuracy in learning a new skill by 30% over the stay-awakers, who did not see any remarkable improvements. In studies involving creative problem-solving, 60% of participants whose break included a night's, night of sleep were able to figure out the puzzle. Contrast to only 20% of participants who tested in the morning and then repeated the puzzle in the evening. As Matthew Walker says, little wonder then that you have never been told to quote unquote stay awake on a problem. What else can sleep do for you? Well, research shows that proper sleep is one of the best risk mitigating insurance policies you can make to prevent injuries. And as a ridiculously active fitness and wellness coach, and even remembering my days as a zookeeper, this benefit alone is worth a good night's sleep. Sleep also impacts our immune function, and especially in the year 2021 with COVID-19 still running rampant, this has a great effect on our livelihood. Getting seven to nine hours of sleep a week before getting a flu shot generated 50% more positive antibody reaction than those who got minimal amount of sleep. Sleep can also help with emotionally challenging situations. It actually amazed me to read some of these studies and statistics as it shows sleep and REM sleep help us remember what we want to remember, but also helps us cope and forget the emotionally traumatic events. Now, not forget as in amnesia, but help the brain compartmentalize and allow us to remember without reliving the tragedy or sad memory. 
as Matthew Walker says, sleep and specifically REM sleep was clearly needed in order for us to heal emotional wounds. It is the dreaming state of REM sleep that determines the success of overnight therapy. It's not time per se that heals all wounds, but instead time spent in dream sleep that provides emotional convalescence. To sleep, perchance to heal. Sleep and REM sleep helps the brain differentiate and stops reliving the memory whenever we remember or recall them. As Matthew Walker explains in chapter one of Why We Sleep, based on rich new understanding of sleep, we no longer have to ask what sleep is good for. Instead, we are now forced to wonder whether there are any biological functions that don't benefit by a good night's sleep. And finally, our fifth idea to share from Matthew Walker's book, Why We Sleep, is how to get a better night's sleep. Quote, all 12 suggestions are superb advice, but if you can only adhere to one of these and each and every day, make it going to bed and waking up at the same time of day, no matter what. It is perhaps the single most effective way to improving your sleep. So Matthew has 12 profound tips at the end of the book to help you get a better night's sleep. Now, rather than going over all of them, I'm going to share the top four that came up again and again throughout the book. And that number one was create and stick to a sleep schedule. Go to bed and wake up at the same time every day. If it helps, set an alarm for bedtime. Changing our sleeping pattern even for just a weekend creates sort of a jet lag for the brain and makes it actually harder to wake up on time on our Monday. Now, number two, and this is not an order of his list, just again, what was reiterated throughout the book was cut out as much LED blue lights later in the evening as you can. Turn off the television, the computer, and the phone at least an hour before your desired bedtime. Our electronics keep the brain from releasing melatonin, which helps us sleep. They simulate day daylight sun and trick the brain into thinking it's still daytime. Number three is to do something relaxing and calming before bed. Now, while exercising is great, it does stimulate brain activity and energizes us for up to 10 hours. Best time for exercise is earlier in the day and performing soothing activities later in the evening. Reading, listening to music, meditation, or even a warm bath can help make sleeping easier. If you struggle to sleep, rather than toss and turn or just lying in bed awake, get out of bed and do something that relaxes you until you feel sleepy again. And then there's number four, which is create an ideal sleep environment. The ideal conditions for us to sleep is somewhere dark, cool, and quiet. Keep electronics, including televisions, computers, and even phones out of the bedroom if you can help it. Get rid of anything that may distract you from sleeping. Turn your thermostat down just a couple degrees to make it cooler in the bedroom, ideal for helping your body enter the sleep state. And if you have a clock, keep the face turned away from you so that you aren't tempted to look at the time and worry, creating anxiety that makes it more difficult to fall asleep. And what I truly love about most of these ideas is that these suggestions actually promote a unique and interesting conservation connection. Now, they may not seem like much, but over time, they make a difference. 
turning off electronics, turning down our thermostat, relaxing before bedtime with a book or meditation, and getting rid of items that keep us awake are all, all help save and conserve energy. These small actions actually do more than just conserve energy though. With a good night's sleep, we have that stronger willpower. We have more motivation and more clarity to do larger, more impactful actions, such as riding our bikes instead of driving, preparing our own lunches or meals instead of grabbing fast food, and also drinking more water, again, remembering our water bottle and saying no to sugary drinks, alcohol, and yes, caffeine. When we add these up, this ripple effect from ensuring we sleep well can change our life and, yes, change the world. So that's what I've got for this encyclopedia of wisdom from sleep expert Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. If you like this Zoo Notable, you may wish to check out the book from your local library. It is available on audio as well. And we're going to close up with a couple of quotes and head out. Entrepreneur E. Joseph Kosman once said, The best bridge between despair and hope is a good night's sleep. The folk duo Simon and Garfunkel in Sound of Silence says, Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping left its seeds while I was sleeping. And the vision that was planted in my brain still remains. Again, really powerful talking about how sleep and dreams help us in our day. Benjamin Franklin gave us this gem. Early to bed, early to rise makes a person healthy, wealthy, and wise. And Brian Johnson of Optimize is particularly known for saying, Our day starts the night before. So indeed, let's get to bed a little earlier and start our next day a little brighter, a little stronger, and a little healthier. What's one way you can change your sleep and your life starting today? That's all I've got for this great book. Let me know your thoughts. What big idea resonated the most with you? And how can you incorporate that into your life starting today? And share some of your favorite books that you'd love to see a Zoo Notable on. Thank you to my patrons, Rochelle, Sarah, Liz, and Stephanie. Keep working on becoming the best versions of yourselves today, tomorrow, and forever. For you, your community, the animals, and the planet. Take care, and I'll see you all next time.